Welcome back to Speaking of Wounds. This is a podcast by the Wound Care Learning Network. I'm your moderator today, Steve Burquist. And I've got two fantastic guests that you're going to love. So Martha Kelso is the COO of Wound Care Plus, and this is the largest mobile wound care provider in the Midwest. We can go through a whole paragraph of neat stuff about Martha, but listen, that alone is something that uh, Martha, me and you are going to have to get together on a podcast coming up more attuned to that. Today, though, we've got what you are going to cover with one of the advanced wound specialist that works with you, Seth Snowden, and we're glad to have both of you on here. Um, and so Martha, with her background of, you know, education and wound prevention, treatment, education, and all of these realms, and being an entrepreneur to take wound care to the people, and Seth being a right-hand man to get that done, we still come down to basic details that that are foundational, everything's built on. If we have trouble with measurements, everything we plan, which dressings have the best effect, which interventions are the most beneficial, we, we base on our measurements. And when you look at this subject that gets glossed over, you realize it's really, a foundational piece that directs us toward everything we do. So I'm really interested in the discussion you guys are going to t uh, kick off today. And Martha, if you'll give some more introduction on Seth and uh, let me be quiet and let you guys get going. Thanks so much, Stephen. Seth, Seth and I are very blessed to be here. Seth Snowden is an advanced wound specialist that joined Wound Care Plus early on in our infancy. He covers the greater Southwest Missouri area, particularly around Springfield and surrounding counties. Seth has been instrumental in implementing unique wound healing modalities in the long-term care space and has had great success at healing wounds that have been there for six, seven, eight years through his entrepreneurial spirit as well. Um, I actually want to talk to Seth about, uh, I would like Seth to share one of the unique cases that he's come across in his practice, if you don't mind. Seth, will you say hi, introduce yourself, and let's get into your unique case. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> My name is Seth Snowden. As you mentioned, I'm a nurse practitioner with Wound Care Plus in the Springfield, Missouri area. And I'm glad to be here today. So I have a patient that uh, was a great learning experience for me. Um, this patient was about a 70-year-old uh, male. He had a history of rheumatoid arthritis uh, and had contractures and uh, was quite affected by that. He was uh, non-ambulatory, uh, but completely alert and oriented otherwise. And I was consulted on this patient as I was seeing other patients in the facility. He had wounds that had been present for, I believe at the time it was five years. Uh, the patient had been to see, I believe, several dermatologists, one of which done a previous biopsy that showed the patient was positive for Bowen's disease. Looked into what Bowen's disease was because it was something that was new to me. Uh, it's sort of like a precursor to, um, or potential precursor to, squamous cell carcinoma. 
It's uh, another name for it is squamous cell carcinoma in situ. And uh, it's more common in patients who are immunocompromised, uh, which very well may have been why this person uh, developed it. Because, of course, with RA, you're put on immune modulators, you're put on uh, steroids, and you can be on these for several years. And, in fact, he had been. Um, but his wounds, like I mentioned, uh, had been chronic for maybe five years. But they were, they were fairly superficial for wounds that uh, stay for a long time. And they were obviously not pressure in nature. Was that uh, your clue that the wounds may have been diagnosed when they arrived to you, Seth, that they didn't act like the wound type that they had been diagnosed as prior to you coming on caseload? Yeah. Uh, again, I, when I first started off, I tried to treat them much like I would have treated any other wound. It was dry one week. It was wet one week. I would prescribe something or recommend something that would would you know try to um, add moisture or dry up and so uh, it did it had me scratching my head there for a while uh, but especially as as mentioned you know whenever I'm trying to treat a wound I first try to eliminate what it is that's causing it and when there's not an obvious cause like in this instance it uh, it clearly made it more more challenging and my unfamiliarity with the Bowen's disease, uh, like I said, also contributed to why it uh, made me difficult to know how to treat the, the wound. Um, the I, and prevalence of Bowen's disease nationwide has to be pretty small, or maybe it's under-recognized, under-diagnosed, because we're not reaching for biopsy tools when wounds aren't progressing. And so... I guess my question to you would be, if you had a takeaway aha moment for the listeners of the Wound Care Learning Network, what would that be? It would, it would be to encourage people to do their own biopsies and also to do their own cultures and, and go from there and not take other person's word for it. And, you know, really take ownership of the wound just because it had a, a, a previous diagnosis doesn't mean that that's really what's contributing to the wound being there for a while. After obtaining biopsies, wound cultures, and fungal cultures, the patient did test positive for MRSA and also fungal infection. And it, after treating these uh, problems, though it was quite intense and, and took more than a month, of both topical and oral treatments. Um, after two months, the patient's wounds had resolved and he again had had them for several years. So uh, it was a great learning experience. Now, whenever I see somebody else with very similar wounds, I'm quick to do those sort of uh, strategies that got the wound uh, resolved in this case. What a great case. I appreciate you sharing that with me and the listeners as well. Uh, in the years that you've been doing advanced wound, uh, advanced wound healing or even specialty, I imagine you come across other cases that are even palliative in nature. Do you have a second case that you're able to share with us? Yes. Um, another great learning moment for me was a patient that had 
uh, initially had some diabetic ulcers to the patient's feet and heels. Um, they also had comorbid arterial and venous disease. Uh, the patient had habits of sitting in the wheelchair all day long, uh, listening to country music. And uh, that's not, not their fault, but uh, needless to say, because uh, I like country music, but needless to say, uh, as we treated the wounds, the individual wounds that were being treated continued to improve, uh, but the peri wound continued to break down. It wasn't an obvious breakdown like a tape tear or something like that. It just sort of uh, started weeping, but maintained the same color as, uh, or the same uh, typical flesh color instead of say turning red or pink. So it was difficult for me to identify why this was happening whenever the original wounds were improving. Uh, I, you know, started changing the different secondary dressings to try to address this. I'm sure I also, of course, changed the primary dressings too. And as, you know, again, as time went on, I just had a harder, harder time uh, because the original wounds eventually then went away and we were just sort of inching uh, larger our measurements now on the peri wound around the ankle and the anterior foot. And of course, uh, I was worried about wraps and things like that because those uh, contribute to this problem. Um, but with the way that the leg was weeping so fiercely, I thought for sure that it was untreated venous uh, disease that continued to be my problem. So I really tried to hamper this week after week. And of course, with the patient's uh, particular practices, uh, she did not do us any favors by elevating her legs or returning to bed or anything like that. With her arterial disease, we weren't able to apply two-layer compression, uh, a way to, to account for this either. Um, and so finally, I started uh, finding that she would tolerate or it, it looked like it wasn't uh, getting any larger with use of simply an ABD with the primary dressing and using the patient's uh, tuba grips to, um, to hold them in place. And then what really made a difference was utilizing steroid topical steroid to the peri, to the peri wound which again was a bit counter counterintuitive because you know adding an ointment to something that is uh, that is weeping just again doesn't seem to compute but it really made a very big difference the patient's legs look wonderful um, and again her wounds uh, that were were chronic uh, went away and it has heightened my sensitivity to this problem in other patients. Mm -hmm. As a clinical trainer for Wound Care Plus, sometimes you're getting uh, advanced wound specialists or even nurse practitioners that don't have the experience that you have with wounds and skin issues. So somebody that's starting out with wounds, what's your advice for them? If you were their big brother and they were leaning on your shoulder saying, Brother Seth, you know, I'm just getting started. I'm nervous. What pieces of advice do you have for me? What would that be? Oh, I have several. I would say, you know, to pay attention week after week and try to pick apart the puzzle 
always start with what you believe caused the wound. If you remove what caused the wound, you will make the wound go away. Um, that's uh, the most important part with typical wounds. With non-typical wounds, you know, it gets a little bit trickier. Um, I would say you listen to your patients, try to um, do your best job of uh, assessing their environment as much as what is presented to you in the wound itself. Uh, and of course, talk with the patient and their family to, to kind of steer you in that, in that direction. Um, also stay flexible. Um, it seems, you know, that uh, there's always different uh, therapies and treatments that are coming out. And if you get too stuck in, oh, this is what I use, then you often will uh, not quite get the results that if you uh, would have reached for something else. Um, let's see. I have a story to share about environment and <laughs> assessing their environment. I had a case up in Omaha, Nebraska one time, and the clinic team asked me to join them in clinic because it was a coccyx sacral wound that just would not heal. And they, the albumin was fine. It wasn't infected. They were offloading, felt like they were doing everything right. Dressing changes were right. And yet we just couldn't get this sucker to progress. So uh, I drove up to Omaha, joined the clinical team. And of course, every time our clinical team came, patient or resident was already lying in bed. And so as there's six and seven bodies in the room, um, I was standing back just kind of watching and I noticed the wheelchair sitting over in the corner. And so I went over to the wheelchair. I thought, well, let me see what's going on. Maybe it's something with the wheelchair. And the patient, the resident had a pommel cushion in the wheelchair and the pommel hmm. cushion was backwards. Oh, so every man. time they were, the nurse aides were getting the resident up, he was sitting on the pommel, which was then putting pressure on the wound. And, um, what, what was interesting about it was um, a lot of people didn't even realize he had a pommel cushion because he was sitting on the pommel every time <laughs> he got up. So they didn't realize yeah. the pommel cushion was yeah. backwards. And sure enough, once we switched the pommel cushion to be going the correct um, direction, that wound healed up in a matter of about five to six weeks. So <laughs> I it's like amazing, your, isn't it? Yeah, I like your environment. It's so true. And I find that even with diabetic wounds, if you see callus formation, especially on the lateral side of the foot, mm. my, one of my very first questions is, what is their shoe wear? Let's look yeah. at their shoe wear and see if the toe or the, the lateral, you know, metatarsal area is is rubbing along the along the shoe. Maybe the shoes are worn out. So Yeah, I, that that's a great point. Mm -hmm. Anytime you're, you, I have to have those conversations with patients with diabetic foot ulcers. It's very difficult because you just, you tell them it's an equation. Somewhere in the equation, uh, there's pressure, there's your diabetes, and there's your amount of abrasion, uh, you know, that you, that you have. And so we have to change something, whether it's, you know, simply putting on shoes or whether it's changing the shoes that you're wearing um, and of course, getting better uh, diabetic management, and of course, whatever we choose to use to to treat the wound, uh, it's it's that one's a very difficult one to change behaviors as well. Mm -hmm. One last question, Seth, and then I'll I'll let you go so we don't run over time with your podcast. Uh, 
you were talking about atypical wounds versus typical wounds. And just an estimate, promise not to hold you to it in a court of law, but what percentage of the time do you think that you treat or see atypical wounds? Uh, I would say it's quite low. I would say of a percentage of the patients that I see, I'd say it's close to 5%. Yeah, I was thinking about the same too, probably 5 to 10%, just depending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that about 5 to 10% of the time you're considering biopsy in the back of your mind or considering yep. other differential diagnostics to get to the source or the root of the problem. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, on one uh, hand... Seth, I appreciate... Sorry. <laughs> I, I was going to say, on one hand... Um, you know, typical things happen typically, and that's why we don't see it as often. However, we are wound professionals, and wound professionals see chronic wounds, and so those atypicals are going to have a greater chance of being, um, you know, uh, chronic and non-healing and being one that gets referred to a specialist. So, uh, you know, you, you very well could be right that it's closer to 10 or, or even potentially higher, but um yeah you may be right i love it great discussion thank you so much seth for joining us thanks for having me listen thank you both uh martha and seth i was just sitting there were a couple times i wanted to jump in and say something that's about the time martha would i mean it was just uh great the way you two were uh bouncing back and forth so for our listeners Listen, you guys, you've been listening to, uh, and thank you for tuning in to the Wound Care Learning Network, uh, to Speaking of Wounds. That's the podcast series. I'm your host, Steve Berquist. And today we had Martha Kelso. She's the moderator with Seth. Uh, And I hope you enjoyed what you were listening to. We certainly want to do some more of these type of podcasts together. And if you're listening, I want you to go to woundcarelearningnetwork.com. Look for more of the podcast. Look for articles that are being published. Uh, you can get this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. So there's other ways to listen to it also. I wish we weren't out of time. I would love to do some more. Thank you guys for being with us today. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you.